Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome to another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Small, and today I'm joined once again by the Adam Lane Smith. We recently recorded the podcast on dealing with seasonal depression, and now we're going to be talking about how to find and make friends. So as an adult, you know, you kind of get caught up in your own life. You got work, you've got to go to the gym, you've got to go back to work, you've got to go home, maybe relax somewhere in there, see some family. You stop making friends. And a lot of people have hit me up and said, hey, Zach, how do I find friends? How do I make friends? What do we do? Well, I've got the man who literally has the prescription to help you help yourself in this endeavor. Adam, welcome back to the podcast. Bro, it's always nice to be here. So let's talk about making friends. Do you ever get that question? <laughs> in ther- when I do therapy, that is the number one non-symptom question I get. At some point in therapy, when people are depressed, and they start getting better and they're lonely. They look at me and say, how do I make friends? It's, it's, it's this huge issue in our society. You know, people used to grow up in the same village and you grow up and you go to school with the same human beings and you'd see them and you'd marry someone that you knew from like birth and you, you'd have all these friends in your community built in. And we're such a global, like moving, shifting society now that people, people hardly even remember the people they went to school with. So they reach adulthood and their friends all drift away and then they're just alone. They sit there in their apartment, they play video games, they go to work and they don't know how to meet anyone new. So that's, that's one of the biggest questions I get. Do you think in our age of social media, people are more isolated because they appear more connected? So, so you think that you've got more friends because you have Facebook or Twitter, but in all actuality, you haven't seen a friend or done something with a friend or gotten a connection with a friend in months? Yeah. So uh, research indicates that in 2007, the iPhone came out and all of a sudden, teenage depression and suicide rates skyrocketed with the advent of the iPhone. And what they found was they would, teens had access instantly to just be texting and calling. Uh, Video chats came out, not in 2007, but I mean, along the way, you you know, you had the very earliest ones, Skype and and even before that, you know, all kinds of stuff. So people were hanging out digitally and what they found was depression and, and loneliness just skyrocketed. Even though they were now more connected than before, they weren't actually getting substantial connections. They weren't going out. They were spending more time alone. Re, um, the, the numbers of people staying home all the time and never going out also went up. So, yeah, most definitely. Not only our relationships, we, we have these pseudo relationships that we think we have friends, but then we don't even go out and engage with the friends that we do have big time. So I really wanted you on for this discussion. One of the main reasons is you're very similar in my approach in that you do the thing. You don't really talk about the thing. And it stands out. A perfect example of this is I had a friend reach out. They saw a picture of myself and my son. Uh, he had won a baseball game or something. And they're like, oh, I wish, I wish I could see you guys. It's been so long. And I'm like, dude, you live 10 minutes away. Nobody's stopping you. <laughs> like, yeah. If you want to hang out, let me know. Like yeah. when the, my friends and family that I want to see, I go and see them. Hey, what are you doing today? Hey, do you want to hang out? Hey, do you want to go for a walk? You know, the, the, the options are limitless. Yeah. But specifically, you know, with your approach, you know, not just with your professional work, I mean, you're, you're a published author, you're a therapist and you're a, a coach. 
So you're helping men and women on so many fronts that you're almost the perfect resource on how do you help these people who are isolated and don't have any friends go out and actually connect with the world again? You know, what's your, do you have a game plan for this? Is it the same or for each person? Do you cater it to their, their niche, you know, personalities? A little bit, a little bit, but I mean, realistically, look at, I look at five-year-olds, like no one on earth makes friends as easy as a five-year-old. They, you, you, you send them to kindergarten or like they go to the park and they walk up to another kid who's like on the slide and they say, do you like ice cream? And the other kid's like, yeah. And the kid's like, oh, I like ice cream too. And then from that moment on, they become inseparable as they're like beating each other up and playing with toys and like having the time of their life and they become like this like instant friend group. And then someone else comes up and is like, do you guys like Ninja Turtles? They're like, yeah, I love Ninja Turtles. (laughs) And now they've got three and they start clustering up in these like these groups and it's insane. Like you throw a kid in a playground, as long as the kid has decently healthy attachment, like they're not being horrendously abused at home or something, as long as they're okay, reasonably okay, they're going to form like these, these ridiculous groups over the weirdest things. And then they just go. And then we, we hit adulthood. And we're like, well, I can't, I can't ask someone if they want to be my friend. That's weird. So you've got like this group of like 20 people sitting around in a cafeteria at work, like in, in your, your office cafeteria, everyone's sitting around at their own table, like looking at everyone and everyone is having the same thought of like, I wish I had a friend to eat lunch with me. All 20 of them is sitting there doing that. No one's doing it. Like I said, that's one of the, that's like the number one non-symptom question I get in therapy is how do I make friends? I get this question from people who are like stunningly gorgeous. I get this question from people who are fit and buff. I get this question from people who like on the outside, they're super outgoing and they talk to me in therapy. Like, and they have like these incredible social skills. They're still like saying, I don't have friends. I don't know how to make real friends. I just have a lot of people who think I'm their friend, things like that it's it's overwhelming man how lonely our society is and and it's something that a five-year-old can do better than most of us it's sad so what i tell people is act like a five-year-old in some ways but really what i say is five-year-olds they often bond over they find anything anything that they have in common right you're gonna if you're five years old you're gonna see a dude with a batman shirt and be like likes Batman. My son does that all the time. We're at the grocery store. He's four. We're at the grocery store and he'll say, dad, that guy has a Batman shirt. And I'm like, yeah. Now I don't run over and like give the guy a hug because he's a stranger, but a five-year-old would. A five-year-old would run over and like leap on another five-year-old that has a Batman shirt. They'd like beat each other up and then become best friends because they both love Batman. So what I tell people is that's one key to finding friends is you need to Find a hobby, an interest that you have, anything, and then find a place where people are already engaging in that hobby or in that mutual activity, and you will instantly have a connection with people there. So you can say, you know, you go to, you go to a Batman enthusiast group and you can instantly say, hey, do you like Batman? I like Batman too. Let's talk about Batman. And it doesn't have to be Batman. Maybe you really enjoy paintball. But all of your buddies who play paintball, you've drifted away from them. So you have no more friends who play paintball. Go to a paintball range. Five people who are playing paintball and then find the people who are alone like yourself and say, hey, good game. Do you play paintball a lot? 
How do you enjoy paintball? How long have you been doing paint? And you start talking about it and you just talk about your mutual activity. If it's swing dancing, go join a swing dancing group. My sister met her husband in a swing dancing group. Like they're pat, they, they, they deeply enjoy swing dancing. How are you going to go up to a stranger in the grocery store and say, Hey, do you like swing dancing? You could, but it's better to go to a swing dancing group. It's something she already enjoyed. She found her husband there, and now they've been married for years. Um, people who don't have hobbies. That's another thing I get a lot is, hey, okay, you tell me to bond with people over hobbies. How do I get a hobby? Find things you enjoy or, or would like. Find things you've been interested in. If you have no idea, pick things at random and start doing them. So maybe you have no idea what your hobbies are. You go to a pot, you, you open up your, here's, here's a good option. You open up your local community uh, resource. Usually it's uh, the local junior college or something like that. Or the local college will actually have community classes. So you don't have to enroll in the college. You just go to these community classes and you pay $20 cash per session. And it's some schmuck from the community who's coming in to teach you how to do pottery or teach you how to do yoga, whatever it is. Um, you go to your community college. They usually, they, they frantically send out pamphlets to people saying, please come join these community classes. And you pick one that says, hey, that probably won't be the worst time of my life. And you go there, you pay your $20, and you do the activity, and you say, hey, did I enjoy this? If I did, what aspects of it did I enjoy? Well, I only enjoyed it because I was around other people, and we were all talking and laughing. Okay, then that tells you your real enjoyment. Maybe you're an extrovert. Maybe you get your enjoyment from the people rather than the activity. You say, yeah, I didn't really enjoy this pottery class. Well, why not? Well, it was so hard. There were so many different activities going on, so many different pieces of it, or I just didn't like getting my hands dirty or, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe I loved it because it was hands-on. It was a physical thing that I could do and that gave me time to think and talk while I'm doing a physical activity. Okay. That tells me I need to go do more physical, physical things, maybe an art form or a craft that gives me time to talk to my neighbors while I'm doing it. Or I didn't like getting my hands dirty. Okay. Things that get my hands dirty are out. What are some activities I could do that won't get my hands dirty. Maybe it's archery. I remember uh, community college where I was growing up, they had archery things. You could just go and they'd provide the bow and arrows and you'd just sit there and shoot for a while and laugh about how all of you were so terrible. Um, things like this, a class where you are learning to do it is great because the other people there have an interest in it too. And you go to a couple of sessions and the people who don't like it drop out and the people who enjoy it stay and then you have something that you instantly bond with those people over. And you say, hey, you and I have been doing this pottery class for a while now. Do you want to go get a cup of coffee and talk about our pottery? Talk about what we've learned? Because you're both learning. Bond over something mutual. If it's not a hobby, um, if, if you are dealing with something that's overwhelming you and you just can't bring yourself to go find a hobby, a support group. There are support groups for everything on earth. So a, a survivor of suicide where a family member has passed away. Um, I'm not telling you to go out and, and become a drunk so that you can start going to AA meetings. But if you have any chemical addiction whatsoever, AA, NA, um, Al-Anon is fantastic. So Al-Anon is great for family uh, people who have family members who deal with, with addictions and things like that. You may not have the addiction yourself, but you go to Al-Anon, you meet people who have family members who are struggling. Maybe you don't become best friends with the people at these groups. Um, but man, that would be something where you could go and start talking to people. Maybe you pull one person. If you have a chemical addiction, it is a great excuse to make friends. It really is. 
Um, support groups, though, for divorce. I, I have a lot of divorced people come into my office who say, I have spent my whole life being friends with my spouse and all our mutual friends have stayed, are staying away from us because they don't know what to do. And now I have no friends left. One of, the, one of the first stops I tell people is go to a divorce support group because you're going to meet people there who have something in common with you who are, who are divorced, are rebuilding their lives, and the people who go to divorce support groups are lonely. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have 500 friends and family that they could easily lean on. They're going to a divorce support group probably because they don't have people that they can really rely on. So they're going there looking for a friend. That's really what they're doing is they're going there looking for a friend who can help them and support them through the divorce and that will be friends with them after. Um, there's support groups for everything, everything. And yes, you are building your friendship around something painful instead of around something fun, but bonding over that pain could be a gateway. That can be a gateway so that you get one friend. If you have zero friends, Bond over the pain, bond over that experience. Even just go to the group. Even if you don't make friends, you will spend every single week, you'll gather together with other people and you'll get to know them. And maybe you're not best friends, hanging out, braiding each other's hair every day, but you you can expect to go there and talk to other people. Uh, if you have a religious faith, odds are very good that your religion has a social aspect. It has groups. So you're going, you're a Christian, you're going to church. Okay. You go to church. Cool. Did you go to, did you go to the men's groups? Did you go to the small groups? Did you go to the Bible study? Do you go to, it, there's, there's 50 different things with church that you can get involved with. Um, volunteering is a fantastic way to start meeting people and have social engagement. So you are lonely. Okay. Volunteer somewhere. Vol you're lonely, but you have a crap ton of money. Go to Walmart, pick up, $300 worth of toys, drive them somewhere to your, to your church, to a donation area and start giving away toys to people and start getting involved with that. And while you're there, say, Hey, you know what? I'd like to find ways to get involved. Here's $300 worth of toys. And they're like, what are you doing? This is awesome. Oh, we've never had this before. You say, okay, yeah. And, and this was fun, but I'd like to be more socially engaged with people. Can you get me connected to, you know, a, a big brother program. Can I be a big brother for someone, for a kid who's in need? Can I start, I have money and I'm lonely. Can you connect me to someone I can start giving money to? Can you connect me to the, the poorest family in town and they need help? Can I start supporting them with grocery money? Um, old ladies who need, who have no one. Can I start running errands for them? There, if you want to build your, your, your engagements on mutual enjoyment and hobbies, you want to build your engagements with people on pain, shared pain, you want to build your things around charity, around kindness and doing good deeds for others who need you. Those are three instant ways for you to become socially engaged. And notice I haven't even mentioned yet people you already have in your life that you'd like to be better friends with and family that you don't spend much time with. So almost everyone, almost everyone who is lonely, when I say you need to find one person you want to be friends with that you wish you were friends with, but you're not, can you think of one person you wish you were better friends with? Almost everyone can say, yeah, there was one person in my life I wish I was friends with, but I just, I felt so weird asking it. I tell them, okay, What's worse, being lonely every day or the slight embarrassment that might come from telling that person you want to be their friend? And they say, well, yeah, it's probably worse to be lonely. And I say, okay, now put yourself in that friend's shoes. Let's say you go to that friend and say, you know what? I think you're really awesome. I'd really like to be better friends with you. 
Do you think that person is going to be offended or angry or miserable in some way? And the answer is no. That person is going to say, huh, this, that feels pretty good. Someone's complimenting me. They like me. The person's probably going to be happy. That person's not probably not going to spit in your face and say, get away from me. They're going to say, yeah, let's be better friends. Cool. And you say, okay, well then let's, let's just spend some more time together. I, I tell people, a lot of people are lonely because they don't ask. A lot of people are lonely because they don't ask to spend time together. A lot of people are lonely because they just don't reach out. Whereas a five-year-old is going to run over there and start talking to that guy about Batman. And is going to say, do you want to be my friend? I have my son. My, again, my son is four all the time. And he says, dad, I want more friends. I say, okay, buddy, let's find you some more friends. And, and we find some people who have kids and we throw them together. And he's like, oh, and he runs over and they're, they're playing with a dollhouse at church. And he like, runs over there he grabs like the batman figure and starts playing with the other kid and then they start playing back and forth and it's it's that quick they bond over nothing adults we overthink it we start saying why would they want to be my friend they're gonna think i'm weird they're gonna think that i'm a, a creeper because i'm over here trying to talk to them i shouldn't even try to speak to them and in reality the majority of people are out there saying i wish i had a friend i wish someone would talk to me what do I do to get a friend? What do I do to make people like me more? Uh, how do I get a best friend? I wish I had someone to talk to. So you answering your own prayers that way is answering someone else's prayers. You going out and be saying to someone, I want to be your friend. Do you want to be my friend? They're going to jump on that. Odds are good. They're going to say, yes, please. Let's spend more time together. So maybe you don't find the guy who that you've you've tried to be friends with who has you know 10 kids and works three jobs and is always busy and you see him and he's always like run down you're like hey i want to be your friend let's spend time together every day he might be like i don't know how to do that but you know what you find the dude who's who's chilled you find the dude who's relaxed who doesn't have a lot of kids maybe he has things in common like you do that's why a lot of people tend to cluster up in friend groups with that have similar lives is because their schedules impact easier that way. Um, all of these are very simple things that we can do. As long as you can push past your insecurity and your self-consciousness. If those things are keeping you back, if, you're, if your internal brain is telling you no one will ever want to be my friend, if I tell someone I want to be their friend, they'll laugh at me and then society will gather to burn me at the stake as a weirdo. If that's what your internal system is telling you, then that's a deeper problem you're going to have to deal with. Um, manage your anxieties, things like that. You know, I've got, a, I've got a book on dealing with that. You know, there's, there's lots of books on dealing with that. There's therapy. There are support groups for social anxiety. There are support groups for insecurity. There's support. Yeah, I know. A support group for social anxiety. Picture that one. Like half the people don't show up each time. And when they do, they're sitting there like super nervous. But they, they usually have like a facilitator who's there to break the ice and just say, isn't this weird? Isn't this uncomfortable? Isn't this like, man, who's nervous? Like, I'm nervous. And then they bond over being nervous. Uh, even that works out. So... At the end of the day, what I tell people is it's always going to be uncomfortable making a friend. If you're waiting for it to not be uncomfortable or you're waiting for someone else to come magically be your friend and for a friend to drop out of the sky and jump on top of you and say, you're my friend now forever, and you say, okay, it's, it's probably not going to happen. You're going to have to input some effort. It's going to be uncomfortable. 
So what is worse? The way that you are living and the loneliness you deal with as we go into the winter months and you wish you wish you had someone to talk to in the depths of the night while you are depressed and miserable? Is that anguish worse than the embarrassment of talking to someone and saying, hi, I, will, I want you to be my friend? What's worse? Start stacking it up and start really asking yourself, what's worse, my life or some brief discomfort as I ask someone to be my friend? At some point, you're going to have to do it. And if you're not there yet, if it's too powerful, you need to start asking yourself, what obstacles are in my way of acting like a five-year-old and just asking? What obstacles are in my way? If it's anxiety, okay, how do I deal with that anxiety? Maybe I need to go to therapy and, and deal with my anxiety and get my anxiety down and talk to my therapist about my goal is to have a friend and this is in my way. And you find a therapist who has what we call a solution-focused approach. Instead of just you cry on their couch for six months, you go to your therapist and say, I'm here because I'm anxious and it's making me not able to ask for friends and I want to have friends. So my goal of therapy is to make friends. You, therapist, help me make friends. And they say, cool, yep, I can do that. And your entire goal is to make those friends. So they'll push you in that direction. Um, Find your, find your obstacles that are in your way of, of just embarrassing yourself a tiny amount, a little bit, and then do it. If you can just do that, I, I, I don't know that I've ever – I don't know that as a therapist that I've ever had someone when I tell them, go out and ask someone if they want to be your – if they want to be closer friends. I don't think I've ever had someone come back and say they said no. I, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like maybe, maybe if you are using like meth in public in front of children, they might be like, buddy, I, I don't think you and I match up really well. Again, that'd be an obstacle to going out and finding friends. Stop using meth in public. Um, but, uh, but odds are good. People will say, yes, that sounds cool. Yep. Let's be better friends. And then you say, okay. And that's, that's, that's your green light. You start texting them more often. You start talking more often. It's not as hard as we make it out to be. This has been it's been a long podcast about it here, but it's not as hard as it's only as hard as we make it. Five year olds can do this. Five year olds can make ten friends in the amount of time it has taken us to have this podcast. A five year old would have made a best friend for life, and they would already have progressed to punching each other and laughing and sharing ice cream and talking about Batman. They would have already become best friends for life, and they will be best friends for the next 50 years because they both love ice cream and Batman. That's how easy this really is. We just need to get over ourselves and start talking and asking and just be friends with these people. Again, go to places where people already have things in common or, or think of the th people in your life you wish you were closer to and then do it. You are probably the most efficient guest on a podcast. You answer questions I don't have to ask. You just, you know, the questions are coming, you just answer them. So I have nothing to ask you. I will say, I will, if I have anything to add, it'll be these two things, three things. The first, is you have to take a fuck it attitude. You know, like I know that might be crass, but honestly, like just fuck it. Like talk to the person sitting next to you in the plane, talk to the yeah. person sitting across from you at the, the cafeteria. Like who cares? Yeah. You know, but okay, I get it. Maybe you care. Maybe you're a thinker. Okay, that brings me to the second thing. Remove the formality. You know, you were saying, you know, hey, will you be my friend? If that in itself is too, like that's a daunting mountain to climb, don't ask. Just start doing things. Hey, yeah. you wanna go get lunch? Never, yeah. You never ask them to be your friend. You're just friends. It just happens without the declaration, which is yeah. how I've made a majority of my friends is just you and I have this. Let's go do this thing. I never asked you to be my friend. I told you 
come hang out with me. <laughs> or yeah. you told me, come hang out with you. And now yeah. we're just people who hang out. Yes. And that leads to the third thing, which is to use technology to connect. Inside the fraternity of excellence, we have men who, th that is their friends. And honestly, my best friends are in that network and they live across the freaking globe. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I have a mutual friend in England who's a priest. We also simultaneously have a friend who's like in Oregon right now where it's on fire, you know, and he's talking about prepping his house. We've got friends in Texas. Yeah. Canada, those dudes are all locked up. Like our network of friends, like literally men, like if we, you and I have never met. If we, if I showed up at your house right now, there would be zero getting to know each other no. because we use technology to meet each other. Like yeah. that's how it works. You know, you're, yes. you're no longer confined by proximity. Right. So like you said, with these support groups online, there are Zooms all the time. What connects us is trying to be better versions. That's what yeah. the Fraternity of Excellence brings. Yeah. Anybody inside there is trying to be better at whatever. Yes. That's our common ground. It's, it's easy. <laughs> the, I mean, the fraternity is, is at its core, it is kind of a friend-making organization. I mean, we came together with mutual goals and ideas, and we said, okay, we're all going to do these things together. And during the course of it, we've become friends. And when I drive, you know, I'm, I'm up in, in Wisconsin right now. When I drive down to Tennessee, I throw out a thing in the chat and say, hey, everybody in, who's near the Tennessee area, why don't we all get together and have some drinks? And we had this big group of, of like 10 dudes get together on a Saturday down in Tennessee. And I had never met these guys before. We all hung out. We were like hanging on each other, laughing. We had like food eating contests, like who could eat the most steak. Um, we were, you know, we weren't getting like drunk, but we all just, we had a beer together and we all controlled it and, and stayed together. Some of the guys went to an after bar afterwards. Some of the guys went home to their families. It was just fun and we bonded around the, what the fraternity is of being a better man in general that's what we bonded around it, it's a support it, it is kind of like a support group that is deeper than that and has so many more layers but it's that's really what it is you can do the same thing go to your gym go to your gym and and look on the on the listing board of hey you know here's a men's men's wellness group you know, here's a bunch of dudes who want to get well and, and holistic health. You know, maybe you're maybe you're a Dungeons and Dragons player or a Magic the Gathering player. You go to your card shop and you look at the board and there's, hey, looking here's looking for a buddy. Here's looking for a player. Here's every Thursdays we have Magic the Gathering or whatever. You go there and you just play with people. Um, Dude, whatever George your hobby Bruno, is. George yeah. Bruno did a mini documentary on fountain pens. And there was a convention where men and women would go with fountain pens and they were all getting along if you can have groups of people hanging out over fountain pens like just yeah. pens just yeah fancy versions of pens yeah there's nothing stopping you like go yes. out have a good time connect with other human beings yes and that's right there bingo here's something here here's a jump off point a lot of people who are insecure say why would someone want to be my friend and when you bond over a mutual activity or mutual interest the answer can become because I'm really good at this topic and I know a lot about this topic. Fountain pens. Maybe you have dudes go there who are not who have no friends, but they're like this genius when it comes to fountain pens. I don't know. I don't know anything about fountain pens. And everyone <laughs> wants to be their friend because that's the dude who knows about fountain pens. He's like, he knows the best. And so when you have conversation about fountain pens, that dude is all in. And and people don't even know if he has kids or not. They just know he loves fountain pens. If, if you have a hobby and you're, and you're asking yourself, why would someone be my friend, build an interest and build a passion and make yourself valuable in a friendship. And then you have something to offer. And then when you go, people are just more likely to be your friend because they really aren't there for what you offer. They're there just to be your buddy. They just like you because you're you. Honestly, 
you know, if you really boil it down, a lot of the people that people enjoy hanging out with, it's simply because they are people who can talk and have a conversation. Like I can go to your house and sit and talk to you. That's the only reason you're my friend because 90% of the people out there can't do that simple task of sitting by a fire and just chatting without being weird. Like I'm not going to sit and break down Nietzsche for you. I want to sit and like, Hey, how was, (laughs) how was your little league game today? Like just basic things. People need connection. And honestly, the stupid memes I, I text to you, the stupid jokes I text you that are, so, are way too inappropriate for Twitter. Like the little things you and I shoot back and forth at each other. We shoot like the middle finger back and forth. Like little things. It it releases chemicals in our brain. Just just bonding with another human being. We get an oxytocin boost. I send you something and you say, ha ha, Adam, that was really clever. I'm like, oh yeah. I get I'm this dopamine boost. I get this little like, oh, Zach loves me in my brain because <laughs> you gave me attention. And, and and we we do that with each other. That it's it, there's a there's a chemical social animal like and the back animal brain down in the meat and the bone. We just want to be around people, and that's at the end of the day. That's really what they want from you. Also, is just to be around you and know that you like them. I think we have covered how to make friends as an adult quite well. Man, I hope so. I hope that there's not some guy out there that's like, man, I still don't know how to do it. If there is, man. Hit us up on Twitter, talk to us, write to us, send carrier pigeons, uh, whatever. Like, well, if you're on st- that, stuck, actually, let that, us know. That's an excellent point to end with. So, let's say somebody does have more questions and that we didn't cover everything. Hmm. Where could they find you? And you mentioned getting over anxiety or slaying your anxiety. Where could they find that if they're looking for that resource? Yeah, I've got a book called Slaying Your Fear. Uh, a guide for people who grapple with insecurity. It's on Amazon. It was briefly for like an hour, the number one anxiety book on all of Amazon. Um, so the big boys came in and, and had their advertising dollars take over. Um, that that's on Amazon. I'm, I'm at the Brometheus on Twitter. I'm at adamlanesmith.com. I'm in the fraternity of excellence, which I can definitely recommend if you're looking for quality friends who aren't just sitting around crying about their life and getting drunk all the time. If you're looking for men who want to push each other, jump in there. We've got, and we've got like hundreds of guys in there. So odds are good. You're going to find someone near you that you could drive and hang out with at least once a month. Um, it's super easy. This has been an awesome episode. Thank you for your time, Adam. It's always appreciated. For those listening, go out and make some friends. Fuck it. You have nothing to lose. Go out, make some friends, do some things. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ZachSmall underscore.